Hey, welcome to my podcast. This is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I am the Chief Medical Officer of Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, as I start every podcast, I'm going to say the same thing. It's just routine now. I research for these podcasts, getting ready for it, because you rely on me for good information. And, uh, you know, there's so much garbage out there on the internet. I'd rather not be contributing to the garbage and just do my best to give you the goods. So I research for this. I prepare for this. I love doing this. It gives me an opportunity to circle back and just read about the things you already do. And, you know, if, when you love what you do, researching back into it just keeps reigniting your passion for it. And, and so this is, really does feed me. So um, please look into the description section. There'll be uh, uh, some of the articles that I cited in here. And if they're not posted immediately, forgive me. I, I may be running late sometimes with uploading. I will catch up. So today's topic I wanted to talk about is something that is so important with women. And I feel like I start every podcast saying this is so important. I should change my, my, my terms and my way I talk. I have to work on that. So this is a cool thing to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about acne today. And acne is such a frustrating thing, period, for everybody. And uh, it's hard because, you know, um, I'm just going to speak personally about this. Um, my wife would have acne. And when her skin would break out, I'm not lying. I just didn't notice it. I don't see it. You know, when you're with someone and you love someone, you don't see it. You just don't. It's hard to believe this is true, I guess, but I never literally thought about it or saw it. It just never crossed my mind. And it really affects your self-esteem when it happens. And it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter if I didn't notice. It didn't matter if I said you're beautiful. Why? What are you worried about? It didn't matter. I remember that when we first started dating and first got married and I was just like, why is this bothering you? You look beautiful. Well, don't, don't let it get on your skin. I, I love you. It didn't matter. Women are often conditioned to think that being worried about that is a vanity. And that's what they do in medicine. That's a vanity. You know, they, they don't, they don't take it as seriously as they should. And, and, um, and other places, women are, the insecurity of their skin has been pushed into them by, you know, media. Back in the day, it was magazines, and, and now it's the internet. And there's so much insecurity about our image. And I want you to know, I do not see this as a vanity. I see this as a sense of identity and how you present yourself to the world and how you feel seen. Uh, I learned that over time working with women. So it's important. And it's important that it's taken seriously. And it is important that the doctor spends time understanding it. That's why I'm doing the podcast on this is because I know from experience almost none of you are being understood clinically. That's a huge statement. That's <laughs> true. Almost none of you are being understood clinically. I, almost none of you. So what does that mean, Brendan? We know that acne happens for several reasons. We know this in medicine. There's enough research we just know. And again, stop the video. Google it. Come back to the video. I'm still here. We know that acne is caused by a handful of reasons. And, and 
when a woman presents to clinic, they are never investigated for those causes appropriately. Let me clarify that. Appropriately investigated for those causes. Okay? Most times you go to your doctor's office and you have mild case of acne and what do they do? They prescribe you something. You know, um, mild to moderate acne treatment involves using some combination of like a topical retinoic, uh, retinoid rather, and, and, and uh, topical antibiotic and, and maybe benzoyl peroxide. Okay? And, and moderate to severe acne treatments indicate, you know, uh, addition of oral antibiotic. That's brilliant. And possible oral uh, isoretinoin as, uh, and, uh, and women usually do hormone therapy. And then the use of oral antibiotics, you know. What? Okay, let me, before I get, okay. You hear me exact, I'm getting exasperated. I'm like, uh, that's as fun. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, like what, what kind of medicine is that, you know? And, and then you listening to this, like, wait a minute, Brendan, that is medicine. No, it's not. It is and it isn't. Okay, it is and it isn't. And I'm not trying to be fancy with my answer right there. I'm being dead serious. It is medicine, but it sure as hell isn't good medicine. Okay, I'm not saying throw it out, but I'm just saying let's put that treatment I just said into perspective. What was it that we did with the mild and the moderate? What were we doing? with that retinoic, or retinoid. What, what are we doing that vitamin A analog there? What, what are we doing in there, right? That's stopping the, the, the buildup, the uh, uh, keratinitis of the tissue. That's, that's meant to stop the tissue being, being overstimulated, right? That's, that's what retinoics do, retinoids do. What is the antibiotic topical doing? Killing bacteria that's colonizing the pore. Okay, what is the benzyl alcohol, the benzyl peroxide doing? What is that stuff doing? Benzyl, what is it, benzyl alcohol or benzyl peroxide? See, I don't even use this stuff. Benzyl peroxide. Don't do benzyl alcohol. We use benzyl alcohol in, in, in compounding sometimes. You don't use benzyl. Do you use benzyl peroxide? Don't use benzyl alcohol, please. So benzyl peroxide, what is that doing? That's, that's trying to clear out the sebum, right? Those three things had nothing to do with the cause of your acne. Think about that. How many of you put on those protocols, kept on them? None of those things address the cause. And if it's more severe, they have you doing an oral antibiotic. That's like doubling down on, on, on the same treatment philosophy. And then the oral contraceptives in women, because that's when they say oral hormones, that's what they mean, oral contraceptives. Is that a solution? No, that's a suppression. And there's a lot of awful things that happen from that. And that's not even what birth control is. Birth control is to stop you from getting pregnant. It's a birth control. It's not acne control. Think about that one. <laughs> what are we doing? Person has acne. Let's give you birth control. I'm not talking about fertility. I'm talking about, you know, is this, is this real medicine? So what, what is causing acne in these cases? What's the, what's the pathology or what's happening? I mentioned a little bit before when I talked about the treatment. So this is really be serious. This is, um, we know that there's an increased sebum production and that's going to be due to hormones. Okay, and sebum is the oil of the skin. And then we know the follicle uh, colonization that's going to happen by bacteria. We know that there's going to be immune modulated changes that are inflammatory at the tissue. Uh, and that's mostly driven by diet. These are, these are things that trigger this kind of acne in their cases. When you approach a case 
with just a superficial care like that that I mentioned in a minute ago, what goes wrong? What's wrong with that, Brendan? Why can't we just use that protocol? What's bad about it? When you do that, just using a topical antibiotic or an oral antibiotic, uh, a, a topical, you know, retinoid and, and, and benzoyl peroxide, what, what's wrong with that? It's not really treating the cause. It's allowing the cause to, to grow. Over time, your protocol will stop working. They don't work very well after time. And, and we also know that, that other things associated with that pathology just get worse. If it's a hormone imbalance triggering this, that hormone imbalance is not just on the skin. It's everywhere, right? And so just taking care of buffing it out on the surface, it won't last and it will come back and you haven't figured out what's wrong with the person and that's our job. That's what you pay us for. <laughs> that's my job is to understand it and do my best. Do I always get it? No, I'm never going to sit here and lie to you and say I got 100% every single time. But what I will tell you, I put 100% in every time, okay? That's what you're supposed to have in a room with your doctor. 100% effort, maximal effort. It's not a vanity. It's not to be dismissed by the doctors like, you know, here's your stuff, get out the door. This is a, let's understand you. I see this is going to cause distress. I want to figure you out. You deserve that. Okay, so let me say this about oral antibiotics before I forget. Oral antibiotics should be limited to in the in the in the treatment of acne. Oral antibiotics should be limited to one to two months total. That's all that's ever been recommended in the literature. I have such profound frustration when I see patients come in who've been on oral antibiotics for years, if not decades. And you're out there and I know you are. And you're terrified to stop them because if you stop doing the oral antibiotic, what happens? So I'm not telling you to stop these treatments. I'm just telling you we should be trying to figure out the cause so that you don't need the treatments. Because that oral antibiotic is causing some significant damage to your microflora. And that's the healthy probiotic status of your intestinal tract and we need healthy microflora it's not some hippie thing anymore i remember it was hippie things to say oh you're a hippie if you're gonna take probiotics and you eat like you know like fermented food <laughs> you know we all made fun of those people you know uh, circles back with a surprise it's real it's legitimate you know you do need healthy microflora and where is it now that you've been taking minocycline or doxycycline for 10 plus years it's gone what other health issues have we created by doing that? We want to recolonize your intestinal tract. We want to fix that. We want to reverse the damage. We want to figure out what on earth is causing your skin to be doing this. You deserve that. So the retinoids, all right, um, are the core of topical therapy for acne because they're, 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 they basically try and stop that buildup of tissue. On the, on the, they, they try, they're breaking that down and they're anti-inflammatory and it's not awful but you know if you're doing super strong doses of it there's health concerns regarding them again they're not awful they're just specific to just getting rid of it at the surface and and antimicrobial local oral all these things it's just topical is not that bad 
But the oral, as I mentioned before, not a good thing long term. You really don't want to be an oral antibiotic for very long. And and when they brought up, or when I mentioned the hormone stuff, oral birth control, oral birth control is really not a good option. And and I know a lot of women will stay on it because that's the only thing that keeps their skin clear. But that's not a good reason to stay on it because the side effects of it can be so significant relative to the rest of your endocrine system. And and these side effects, you often you often are not told what the side effects are. So getting to the bottom and the root cause of having acne is essential. And, and, and doing some of these topical and superficial approaches should be really reserved for short term and they shouldn't be things you're getting parked on. How do we approach it? What's a better way of approaching these cases? Some of the labs we need to run, okay, to understand what's going on. There will be things like testosterone, free and total. You want to know how much of it's going to be bound to proteins like sex hormone binding globulin and how much is bioavailable, how much is touching tissue. That's very important. We also want to know what sex hormone binding globulin levels are because that's a protein that binds on to testosterone and pulls it away from tissue. So it, it renders your testosterone inert. So we want to know how much you have of that. Um, we want to run dihydrotestosterone, which is a metabolite of testosterone that tends to cause acne the worst. Okay? We want to run DHEA, which is another androgen that your adrenal gland makes that's associated with stress. It's called an adrenal androgen. We want to look at your estradiol and progesterone to see if you're cycling normally. We want to know whether your CBC, specifically on a complete blood count, I want to look at eosinophils. I know it's kind of weird. Bear with me. I'll explain a little more later. Um, we want to run your liver enzymes, ALT and AST. Why do I want to run liver enzymes? Again, I'll get more to it in a minute. Uh, we want to run inflammatory markers like C-reactive protein. And we want to run your cortisol because that is a player in this as well. What are we looking at with the labs specifically? We're looking for ovulation first. We want to make sure our patients are ovulating correctly and there's a balance between their estrogen and progesterone. We want to see if there's an imbalance in there. If there's an imbalance, we want to treat that. We want to get them back to ovulating. We want to understand why that's happening. Because we know that women, when you have acne, it is a lot of times associated with your cycle. So there's a hormone component. We want to understand the hormone. Just looking at the time of the month to say, oh, okay, it's happening at this time of the month. It must be this hormone. You deserve better than that. You run the labs for you. We run the labs for you. Excuse me. We, you deserve us to run the labs. You deserve us to understand you. Not just to say, well, it's happening at this time of the year, this time of the month rather, and this is the part of your face is happening, so it must be this hormone. That's, that's all wives' tales. That's not real medicine. Okay. It's a good thing to be observe, observational and take those observations and say, okay, well, let's run the labs to verify. But if all you're doing is saying it's part of this time of the month that's happening here and it's only happening as part of the face, it's got to be progesterone or it's got to be testosterone. It, it, that's not good enough. We got to run the lab. We got to understand you. Okay. We want to look at that dihydrotestosterone and testosterone because some women make too much testosterone polycystic ovarian syndrome is a thing sometimes you'll see too much free testosterone some women and i've seen that recently some women will have too much free testosterone and the free testosterone isn't from pathology it's just who they are and we need to bring the free testosterone down a little bit in order for them to stop having that acne so we target that specifically um we want to find out whether they're under significant stress 
That's the cortisol part I mentioned a minute ago. When you're under severe stress over time, what happens is your body starts releasing more cortisol, but as it's pushing the cortisol pathway, it'll end up making too much DHEA as well. DHEA is an adrenal androgen that's associated with acne. So that's where stress can be causing this. So we want to understand the stress pathway in those cases. You want to look at inflammation. That was your liver enzymes. <laughs> People are like, why would liver? Why would my liver enzymes be elevated with with uh, inflammation? When you're eating a food you're sensitive to, when you're eating a food you have a problem with, not always, often, not always, your liver enzymes will be a little higher than normal. They won't be super high, but they'll be maybe 35 or 40, which isn't pathological, but it's a good indicator that food may be a problem. Another thing that happens, your C-reactive protein will be above three. Now, everyone thinks about C-reactive protein, high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, as being associated only with cardiovascular pathology. That's not true. C-reactive protein is also a general inflammatory marker throughout the body that's a useful tool. So if you see C-reactive protein being elevated, diet could be a player in there, and it's important to discern that. When you have these labs back, how do we approach it? Well, starting as I mentioned a minute ago, is ovulation. Our goal is to get them to ovulate again. We want to understand why you're not ovulating. Ovulation could be because I mentioned in a previous podcast when you're eating certain foods such as gluten, gluten, exorphin B5 stimulates prolactin secretion, which inhibits ovulation. Not every time, but sometimes. And if you're not ovulating, you're not going to have that normal estrogen progesterone balance. And that could be leading to your acne. So we want to get you back to ovulating. We want to understand that with those cases. Um, sometimes people are not ovulating due to significant stress. That's happens all the time so when you're very stressed out you're not going to ovulate and that's going to also trigger that cycle to go weird but it's also going to cause so it's going to cause that progesterone estrogen imbalance which could be triggering acne but it also is going to elevate that dhea that dhea is going to cause that as well that's going to con compound it so you want to know if that's at a play there and then we know that when you're having stress from something else and now you start breaking out you're now stressing about your breaking out as well and it creates this vicious cycle that stress is creating with your skin so you're the job of the doctors to break that cycle and resolve it what about testosterone you know as a woman you need testosterone just like i need estrogen men need estrogen women need testosterone but it's got to be at the right level and has to be bioavailable the right way too much it throws everything out of balance so you do need it but it needs to be just right. Often medicine ignores that and it just sees testosterone as the enemy to your skin and they do everything you can to completely shut it down. That's the problem I have with oral contraceptives. What I'm going to say now is controversial, not because it's scientifically questioned, no. It's because it's a fact that none of you have been told. Oral contraceptives always increases your sex hormone binding globulin. Often, it does it permanently. The longer you're on oral contraceptives, the higher your sex hormone binding, binding globulin will go. The longer you're on it, the more of a chance it becomes permanent. Sex hormone binding globulin sequesters your testosterone and holds it, rendering it inert. If your levels of sex hormone binding globulin are too high, your free testosterone levels diminish to nothing. Women who take oral contraceptives will suffer from low testosterone. Low testosterone in women 
the first thing you notice, no libido. Your libido is yours. If there was a medication out there that did this to men, would we take it? Why aren't you being informed of this with your consent? I'm not telling you not to take oral contraceptives. That's not where I'm having a problem. I'm having a problem that you've never been told that. I don't know a single woman who's been put on oral contraceptives that has been warned about that consequence ever. And I can't tell you how many women patients I see where the consequences of this low testosterone, what it's done for their relationships, their self-esteem. No one talks to them about it. And that's the controversy in my mind with it. Testosterone isn't just libido, though. Testosterone is a, a neural steroid as well. It plays a role with brain chemistry. It is active in the amygdala. I've mentioned in previous podcasts. Testosterone plays a big role with your drive and your ambition and your assertiveness. It just does. And we can't argue about that because it's just true. It just is. I need estrogen to be healthy and alive as a man. I know that. We, every man is supposed to have a little bit. Natural levels. You're supposed to have it too. A little bit, natural levels of testosterone. The consequences are significant when you don't have it. When they give you all contraceptives, why does that block your skin and get your skin clear? It's because it completely shuts down your free testosterone, thereby shutting down dihydrotestosterone, causing... Again, all the negative things, but hey, your skin's clear. That's a price. Did you know that you're paying? If you're going to pay it, pay it, okay? I want you to know that. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm not. It's not my job. I'm your doctor. That's not my job to judge you like that. My job is to protect you from things that are going to harm you. My job is to make sure that when you make a decision, it's educated and you're cared about and heard and listened to and you feel like you're making a decision in a safe way. And I don't think there's a single one of you ever who's ever made this decision about birth control. I really don't. I've never seen it. And if there are any of you that have made that decision, you know, in the video, give me a little shout out. So I know, because I just don't see that. So, so again, that's the cost of being lazy in medicine. And you didn't know it. You didn't know the price you're paying. I'll get your skin clear, but, you know, I'm not going to tell you what else you're going to pay for that. You know? I have strong feelings on these things. Um, back to diet, because that's a fun one to get back to, because it's a little bit easier, less, less stressful. <laughs> but some people diet changes are stressful. I'm like, I know that is true, it's true. So with, with inflammatory diet, a lot of times... It's your history that your doctor takes. You could be eating foods you're sensitive to. Dairy does this. I know that with some of you. Some of you, it's going to be things like um, um, corn or soy or or uh, I've seen wheat do this. The some foods we react to inappropriately. But some of us are just eating too much processed foods that is more inflammatory. Like there's certain levels of something called arachidonic acids in your diet, too much um, um, processed, you know, fried foods. These things will contribute to this because it's more inflammatory. So the job of your physician is to find that with your lab work and then treat it and then prove it worked with follow-up lab work. 
Let me circle back because I made this video with one person in mind. It sounded like I was making it about my wife, but it wasn't. There's another case of another patient I've known forever, and I love her to the moon and back. I hope you watch this at some point. Um, she had acne I knew since she was a little girl. Uh, I've known her almost her whole life. And, you know, she's 42, I think. And the first time she let me do labs. And, you know, I shouldn't... You know, I, it's important for me not to be the doctor of family or friends. I know that. I don't do it. Um, I had someone else help me with this because, I, you know, I get to... When you're a doctor, you should not treat family, friends, anybody you have a relationship with. Because if you do, you get emotionally attached. There's a lens you put on as a doctor. But I, she finally, you know, came into my clinic and allowed us to run labs. And it was her dihydrotestosterone was higher than normal. And she doesn't take any testosterone, nothing, right? She'd been working on her diet for years. She's a nutritionist. She's a trainer. Um, healthy is just all get out. I love looking at her labs because she's just, you can see the life she's lived, how hard she's worked at taking care of herself. And you can see the frustration she has about her skin not being clear. One set of labs once showed us the dihydrotestosterone was high, not from any pathology, but only because that's her phenotype. That's how her body runs. What did we do for her? A little bit of salt palmetto. And that sounds hippie, I know. But even urologists now are prescribing salt palmetto for men's benign prostate uh, hypertrophy, which is from dihydrotestosterone being elevated. And we gave her that, and her skin had never been so clear. And salt palmetto is cheap, you know? That saved her from birth control, if we did, if I was able to do that years ago, saved her from birth control, saved her from like beating herself up with her diet or doing like like hardcore scrubbing and just abusive things to the face because I know it's out there. All I'm asking, all I'm trying to sell you on here is just letting someone take a better look at you. All I'm recommending you is to hold your doctors to a higher standard. That's it. That's all I want. I hope this is helpful. This means the world to me. I love doing these podcasts. It's like one of my favorite things to do. I look forward to it all week long. I get nervous when I first start doing it, but when I start doing it, man, it just goes good. And I just love it. And I leave it just feeling like I'm just happy. This means a lot to me. When you comment, I may not respond to all of you, but I want you to know, even now still, I still read almost all of them. I don't know, there may come a time I won't be able to read all of them, but I, I do do my best. And, and what you write matters to me. It helps me guide what material we put out for another podcast. Please share, please subscribe, and uh, please like. What is that? It's like, share, and subscribe. Isn't that the saying you do? Like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> my kids watch these videos. I used to hear that always in the background. Like, share, and subscribe. I'm saying it now. Um, please do. And I will see you next time. Thank you.